Let my prayer be set forth in thy sight as the incense, and let the lifting up of my hands be an evening sacrifice. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 18, verses 1 through 20, beginning on page 359. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my stony rock and my defense. My Savior, my God, and my might, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn also of my salvation, and my refuge. I will call upon the Lord, which is worthy to be praised. So shall I be safe from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compass me, and the overflowing of the of ungodliness maketh me afraid. The pains of hell came upon, about me, the snares of death overtook me. In my trouble I called upon the Lord, and complained unto my God. So he heard my voice out of his holy temple, and my complaint came before him. It entered even into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, the very foundation also of the hill shook, and were removed, because he was wroth. There went a smoke out in his presence, and a consuming fire out of his mouth, so that coals were kindled at it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and it was dark under his feet. He rode upon the cherubim, and did fly. He came flying upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place, his pavilion round about him with dark water, and thick clouds to cover him. At the brightness of his presence his clouds removed, 
hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundereth out of heaven, and the highest gave his thunder, hailstone and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them. He cast forth lightnings and destroyed them. The springs of water were seen, and the foundations of the round world were discovered. At thy chiding, O Lord, at the blasting of the breath of thy displeasure. He sent down from on high to fetch me, and took me out of many waters. He delivered me from the strong enemy, and from them that hate me, for they were too mighty for me. They came upon me in the day of my trouble, but the Lord was my upholder. He brought me forth also into a place of liberty. He brought me forth, even because he hath a favor unto me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twentieth verse of the fourth chapter of the Apocryphal book Ecclesiasticus. Observe the right time, and beware of evil, and do not bring shame upon yourself. For there is a shame which brings sin, and there is a shame which is glory and favor. Do not show partiality to your own harm, or deference to your downfall. Do not refrain from speaking at the crucial time, and do not hide your wisdom. For wisdom is known through speech, and education through the words of the tongue. Never speak against the truth, but be mindful of your ignorance. Do not be ashamed to confess your sins, and do not try to stop the current of a river. Do not subject yourself to a foolish fellow, no show, nor show partiality to a ruler. Strive even to death for the truth, and the Lord God will fight for you. Do not be reckless in your speech, or sluggish and remiss in your deeds. Do not be like a lion in your home, nor be a fault finder with your servants. Let not your hand be extended to receive, but withdrawn when it is time to repay. Do not set your heart on your wealth, nor say, I have enough. Do not follow your inclination and strength, walking according to the desires of your heart. Do not say, Who will have power over me? For the Lord will surely punish you. <clears throat> Do not say, I sinned, and what happened to me? For the Lord is slow to anger. Do not be so confident of atonement that you add sin to sin. Do not say, His mercy is great. He will forgive the multitude of my sins. For both mercy and wrath are with him, and his anger rests on sinners. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do not delay to turn to the Lord, nor postpone it from day to day. For suddenly the wrath of the Lord will go forth, and at the time of punishment you will perish. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things 
and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the thirteenth verse of the second chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life were dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee and do thy ministers with righteousness and make thy chosen people joyful 
O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh that thy faithful people do unto thee true and laudable service, grant we beseech thee that we may so faithfully serve thee in this life that we fail not finally to attain thy heavenly promises through the merits of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. We begin our meditation tonight in Psalm 18, which uh, has a, a subscript to the title of it in the, uh, the, in the sort of the biblical uh, Psalter um, that attributes this psalm with a lengthy um, sub subtitle to um, as a psalm of David giving thanks to God after his deliverance from the hand of Saul. And so immediately we have to, in understanding this psalm, set it within the spirit of the moment that David is experiencing after having been hunted in the wilderness by King Saul, who had rejected the anointing that the Lord had put upon David and instead insisted that his own mind must continue despite the Lord's will and his evident, his manifestly revealed purposes, um, then sought to kill David in the wilderness. And then David had to play a game of uh, cat and mouse with uh, with Ed Saul throughout this you know, multiple year period. Um, and there's a lot that can be said about um, that, the trial of the wilderness for King David. And we've unpacked a lot of this in morning prayer over the last couple of months. But for the purposes of tonight, it, it is um, significant to note the, um, the hard heartedness of Saul, who, despite the fact that his own son, Jonathan, has aligned himself with David, despite the fact that David has received the anointing of the Lord and has prevailed uh, miraculously against um, enemies that were that that out that outmatched him um, as with the case of Goliath um, and that in you know in the eyes of the people he was gaining favor um, as the one favored of the Lord um, and Saul's own favor was declining rather than um, you know sort of living penitently and, and acknowledging that his own sin has brought about the decline of his line in his house, instead decides through sort of violent means and through a flexing of his vestigial power to try and snuff out David so that I guess, you know, he can continue to reign and that, you know, and, and one, one imagines what goes through the mind of a figure like Saul in that moment that, okay, let's say he succeeds. Um, and he snuffs out David. What does he think the Lord is going to do about this? Um, does he think that, oh, well, you know, you got me, you know, David's gone. So I guess my plan is thwarted now. Um, but this is not the mindset of a person who is clinging to a sense of omnipotence in their life. Um, their, their only concern is how to retain this, the, the, the sense of control that they 
um, they imagine for themselves and they grow increasingly anxious and desperate to do so the more the practical evidence against that omnipotence mounts up against them. Uh, and so this psalm is celebrating um, that, you know, it, it sort of peels back the historical circumstances of this conflict between Saul and David and points to the fact that behind the scenes of this is this, um, you know, is the purposes of the Lord to fulfill the covenant, to bring forth life and to show favor on whom he will show favor. So this creative generative action. And then there is this water flood that is set against the anointed one of God. Um, this figure of the anointed one. And the water flood is a significant poetic image in the Psalms for, for the reason that it ties us back to Genesis and to the kind of the, the toil uh, of, or sorry, the, the formless and void waters um, that God that God drives back and brings forth um, the, the stable place of the firmament on which he builds the creation. Um, and whenever we see this image of the great water flood spilling towards someone, it's always an image of anti-creation or, you know, so when we see the flood in Genesis, this is a decreation or, 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 or an uncreation um, that's at work. Um, and so the, you know, behind the scenes in the kind of spiritual reading of these circumstances between David and Saul, we have this um, sort of satanic power of, of, of anti-creation, that which opposes God's life-giving generative work um, and is a spirit of anti-creation that, that works against that. And that is you know, typified by the, and that is, that is embodied in the actions of Saul. And we set that up to say that this is the precise thing um, that the wisdom writer of Ecclesiasticus is warning um, his young listeners about, um, that it is very possible in our own small ways to serve the purposes of that um, anti-creation to set ourselves against the um, the, um, the the sort of the, the power of God's creative and generative working in the world, and that's significant to note because um, you know as the wisdom writer tells us tonight, you know you should not set yourself against the course of a river, the current of a river, and you shouldn't um, you shouldn't set yourself against what is true. And in, in the wisdom writings, this is always equated with what is real. Um, you shouldn't live in an unreality and make your make your life opposed to what is real. And you, and in the same way, you shouldn't like stand against the strong current of a river. Um, that in the end, the truth prevails, um, and that you know the truth is vindicated against those who tell lies and who live in delusion. Um, similarly, as the river eventually whittles down everything that sort of tries to stand against it, including the riverbed itself, which continues to change shape because of the river's action. Uh, and so, and, and it only gets deeper and stronger as a result. And so and by the end of this as well, we see the real purpose, which is do not use your power that, you know, seems so strong and certain today um, to set yourself against the purposes of the Lord. Do not make yourself omnipotent in your own eyes, um, because that is a delusion. That is to be against what is real. That is to be, um, that is to stand against what God has made to be so. Um, and as a result, it can only result in calamity and disaster, even if it seems to stand victoriously for a brief moment. And that's um, sort of brought back into the historical circumstances as we see um, Herod the Great setting himself against our Lord in his infancy. Um, and Herod the Great tries to snuff out the life of Jesus, much in the same way that King Saul tries to snuff out the life of David. Um, and so Herod is being cast in the, in the kind of... Um, Figuring of King Saul in this case, a king whose kingship has been was has been broken, and yet is still trying to hang on to a um, a kind of vestigial sense of his own omnipotence, um, and in order to do so, has to prop that up with increasingly violent means. 
Um, it was it was said that Caesar Augustus in the same time of Herod the Great used to say that it was better to be um, Herod's sow than his uh, son. Um, and Herod was a bitter and brutal uh, eliminator of all sense of rivalry. And so when you have his his, you know, his killing of the youths of Bethlehem here, um, it is setting again him in a typify a biblical kind of type. In this case, um, as Jesus flees to Egypt with his family, um, he goes into exile as a result of the rejection of his own people and goes to live among the Gentiles. Um, and this is the reversal, of course, of the Exodus, where this time Jesus is, is, is you know, having to go on an Exodus to be to uh, to leave Israel and go back to Egypt in order to come back from Egypt into Israel. And so Herod also bears the same the kind of type of not only Saul, but of also Pharaoh, who killed all the all the all the uh, first all the boys among the Israelites in Egypt. Um, and so what we see here is is Herod, um, you know, two visions of power here. We have the power that willingly goes into exile, entrusting himself to the vindication of God's good purposes and his generative purposes. And we have the power that tries everything it can to stick to to keep itself in place. Um, and whenever whenever we get in, you know, whenever we get into that kind of way of being, um, it will require more and more extreme um, exercises of self-assertion in order to maintain those things. And so one of the reasons why we withdraw from the world at morning and evening, and one of the reasons why we don't just continually hustle all the time is because in our own small way, that is to renounce and to repent of the ways in which we participate in the mind of Herod, the mind of Saul, the mind of the man who um, is who is who set against the truth and against the current of the river. And rather, we adopt the posture of King David and then who is, whose type is fulfilled in our Lord, who willingly goes away from the, um, the sort of flexes of worldly power and withdraws into the quiet space of prayer, entrusting ourselves to God so that in God's good time, he will send us back to where we need to go um, with his spirit, with his generative purpose. And he will bring life through us in those places where um, death seemed at once to prevail. It's a couple thoughts for us tonight. And as it is Wednesday, we are going to be offering the, the litany for the church and evangelism. And we offer it this evening to the glory of God with thanksgiving for all of our churches represented here and for all of our communities. We pray that the Lord would pour his spirit upon us um, to strengthen us in our spiritual gifts and to open new doors for evangelism. Let us pray. O God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth. Have mercy upon us. O God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy upon us. O God, the Holy Ghost, Sanctifier of the faithful, have mercy upon us. O Holy, Blessed, and Glorious Trinity, one God, have mercy upon us. We sinners do beseech thee to hear us, O Lord God, and that it may please thee to rule and govern thy holy church universal in the right way. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord that it may please thee so to rule the hearts of the, thy servants, the President of the United States, the Governor of this state, and all in authority, that they may above all things seek thy honor and glory. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to illuminate all bishops, priests, and deacons with true knowledge and understanding of thy word, and that both by their preaching and living they may set it forth and show it accordingly. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord that it may please thee to send forth laborers into thy harvest. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. 
that it may please thee to give to all thy people increase of grace to hear meekly thy word, and to receive it with pure affection, and to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to comfort and relieve all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give us true repentance, to forgive us all our sins, negligences, and ignorances, and to endue us with the grace of thy Holy Spirit to amend our lives according to thy holy word. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to have mercy on the faithful departed, granting them an entrance into the land of light and joy in the fellowship of thy saints. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. We sinners do beseech thee to hear us, O Lord God, and that it may please thee to fill us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the work of ministry and the building up of the body of Christ. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give us power through the Holy Spirit to be in our homes, work, and leisure. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to convert hearts through our ministry and add continually to our number those who are being saved. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to bless our ministry of word and sacrament opening minds to understand the scriptures, and making thyself known in the breaking of the bread. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to put it into our hearts to seek out and find thy lost sheep and bring them back into thy fold. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to fill us with such love for one another that all may perceive in our midst the presence of Christ and be drawn into his holy fellowship and service. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. Almighty and everlasting God, who didst endue thy church with power from on high on the day of Pentecost, pour out thy Holy Spirit upon our parishes and communities and grant unto us all things that are needful for our spiritual welfare. Enlightening God, guide our clergy and lay workers strengthen and increase the faithful, visit and relieve the sick, turn and soften the wicked, rouse the negligent and careless, recover the fallen, restore the penitent, remove all hindrances to the advancement of thy truth, bring all to be of one heart and mind within the fold of thy holy church, to the honor and glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. Thanks to Barbara and Rochelle, my co-leaders. Hope you all have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Have a good night, everybody.